0: Welcome to the Hope for ACD podcast, the podcast for adults with divorced parents and those who love them. We're glad you're here as we discuss how adults with divorced parents can take steps towards better relationships with God, themselves, their spouses, and others. Now here is your host, therapist and author, Kent Darcy. Hi, this is Kent Darcy. Thank you for joining us at Hope for ACD, Hope for Adult Children of Divorce. Actually, I have to modify that one of these days to adults with divorced parents, because many of you weren't children when your parents divorced. Uh, today, that's called gray divorce. And if that's happened to you, I encourage you to check out the blogs and podcasts and other resources we have on our site, hopeforacd.com. Uh, they all deal with gray divorce specifically, and we're going to kind of touch it and go through it, but not really in uh, any detail today. One thing I can say, though, is that you're not alone. It's the fastest-growing area of divorce, and uh, as I just said, we've got other programs on the website that deal with that. Today, we're going to look at ways we can talk to our parents about divorce issues, like how did it happen, what led to it, and other important questions that kind of play in the back of our brains, but we don't always have the gumption to actually ask. And the important thing that we're going to get today is often there is a backstory behind the story, what actually happened. In my own life, my dad divorced my mom when I was 12. Uh, I think it became official when I was 13. I knew my father had divorced parents, but I didn't know that my father's father was divorced and his father was divorced. Three generations leading before me. I didn't find that out till I was well into my adulthood. And I praise God that my wife and I just celebrated our 39th anniversary. But, you know, it was a bumpy road for a lot of years do, in large part, to issues common to adults with divorced parents that I had and didn't realize it, which, again, you can learn about in other podcasts, blogs, and other resources on our website. Adults with divorced parents can have lots of unanswered questions, and I've found that we are often reluctant to ask them due to various fears. However, I would like to go over a tool That I use quite frequently in my counseling office that can help us to have less fear and achieve better results. It's called empathetic listening. Listening empathetically is crucial when we're trying to understand a difference of opinion or offense. Empathetic listening, done right, can open doors to backstory that helps us understand where the person's coming from, what makes them tick, This, in turn, can explain why they believe, respond, or act the way they do. I've seen it work countless times in my counseling office. It's really quite amazing. Now, empathetic listening doesn't justify, minimize, or condone what we're hearing. But it can help us depersonalize the offense. When it's not filtered as a personal attack, we tend to be more open to listening, you know, to understand the other person. So how do we listen empathetically? Here are 10 steps. The first one is give the individual your undivided attention. We want to make sure that we're paying attention to the person. We're not on our phone. We're not clicking the remote. We're not moving the mouse. We're paying attention to them. The second thing is to focus on understanding the feelings and not just the facts. So often we will focus on what is being said and we miss the emotion behind what's being said, which often is a doorway into what's really going on. So we want to make sure we focus on understanding the feelings and not just the facts. The third thing is to watch for nonverbal cues to feelings. For my dad, he rarely showed emotion on the outside. He was very cool cucumber, uh, just kind of a Mr. Spock sort of personality. But if you really watched, if you listened to tone sometimes and you really had a a feel for where he was at, you would see emotion. And we want to make sure that we're sensitive to that, particularly if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't always show the emotion. Number four is confirm you are listening with eye contact, you know, nodding your head saying, oh, that sounds scary or, man, I can't believe that happened. You know, that must have been exciting, whatever. You want to make sure that you're kind of, yes, I'm engaged in the conversation for you guys. Pretend you're dating. Remember back when you were dating and you listened to every single word she said and you listened and you looked into her eyes and you said, "Uh aha, aha, and all that? Well, bring that back. You have the skill. It's just gone dormant. Bring it back. (laughs) Number five is avoid having judgmental thoughts. That's expressing them or even thinking them because we all have that. We judge. When we hear something, we're judging it. And in the context of divorce, I'm sure some of you are thinking something like, ah, can't not judge. I mean, really? My mom up and leaves my dad after 30 plus years and I'm not supposed to judge? Well, if we're going to listen, we can't. You know, parental divorce is hard, whether it happened early or later in life. You're angry, well, rightfully so. You're you're hurt, rightfully so. <laughs> You're confused, particularly with gray divorce. Rightfully so. Maybe you're worried about your mom or your dad, you know, who didn't want the divorce. Rightfully so. You know, you'd be fine if one parent just dropped off the face of the earth. Okay, for now, rightfully so. (laughs) Uh, The problem is, and I've seen this through the years, our healing is not contingent. It doesn't depend on what our parents do or don't do. It can't be our healing is our responsibility. Another thing is our parents are flawed human beings, just like we are. Romans 3, verse 10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. So judging, though that's our natural response, is problematic. Another thing is better understanding our parents can push us past anger and hatred and anxious and tension-filled situations and, and even depression. But Better understanding comes by listening empathetically, okay? Now, number six is avoid interrupting. We all hate being interrupted, but we to interrupt, particularly with the yeah, buts. Well, yeah, but, okay, we want to avoid that. Number seven is ask clarifying questions to increase understanding. You know, when you were talking with our parents, we want to understand our parents' perspective, their view, their emotions, not asking questions to justify our own view. I'm old, <laughs> so I remember Columbo. Uh, just one more question, okay? He was always asking questions. And that's something that we really want to do when we're listening empathetically. And I'm not talking about hard-hitting questions. I'm talking about just curiosity. You know, people respond when we're curious and not incredulous or condemning or, or judging. People will usually soften when we approach them empathetically. They soften When they don't feel that we're on the attack, which is normally the case when divorce is involved. Okay, so ask clarifying questions to increase understanding their perspective, their views and their emotions, not to build your case. Okay, number eight, restate or rephrase what you heard to confirm you heard what they were trying to say. Basically, you just want to confirm you heard what they said. So dad, let me make sure I'm getting this. You're saying that grandpa taught you that marriage was a trap? That's reiterating basically what you heard. And then at that point, they can clarify, no, 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 that's not it at all. What what he really meant was this. And basically we're getting deeper. We're understanding what's going on. Number nine, allow time for silence, for reflection. Sometimes we're so, and usually it's one person or the other, so interested in getting to wherever that we don't take time to just let it sink in to process. And the last thing, last of the 10 steps for empathetic listening is be willing to delay sharing your view for another time. This is one of the harder things. When you first sit down, make it totally about them. Here's an example of a conversation that that uses empathy. So how are you doing with all this, dad? Well, it would help if everyone wasn't treating me like the devil himself. That must be hard. It sure is. It's not fair. Has this gone the way you expected? Not at all. Well, how's it different? I thought you kids would be more understanding, especially your brother. Why did you think Josh would be more understanding? Well, you know, we always did things together, and I just thought he'd get it. What did you think he'd get, Dad? Just how hard it's been. And the conversation continues. Now, who's guiding this conversation? You are. Who's giving out the information? They are. <laughs> and there's no defensiveness and no arguing. After, you know, things start to hit a groove, we'll start to see the defensiveness will go down and the arguing will go down because we're genuinely listening. But Kent, <laughs> I haven't even asked any questions with this scenario. That's right. But by listening empathetically, you've created an emotionally safe environment where your dad didn't feel attacked. And as a result, it's likely that in the next conversation, or maybe the one after that, you'll get to ask some of your questions. And because you listened and asked questions based on what you heard and not your own agenda, it's probably likely you already have partial answers or maybe all the answers to some of your questions. Remember, divorce creates the opposite of emotionally safe environments to talk. So it may take a a few conversations before it's comfortable for both of you to ask your questions. Trust the process and don't rush, okay? Step 10, be willing to delay sharing your view for another time. You know, again, when we're just learning this, I find that if we are able to respond when the other person is done, we aren't listening to understand. We're building our case. But, you know, at least until we start the attraction on this, if we can't respond, If we thank them for sharing and go process and and pray about what we heard, we're far more likely to actually listen when they're talking to understand. So how does this help us better understand our parents and and possibly the divorce? The beauty of empathetic listening is it creates an emotionally safe environment to share. Emotionally safe environments bring down walls and defensiveness because there's nothing to protect against, consequently, we can talk about our feelings, our, our history, our hurts, and our hopes without fear of retribution. It takes practice, but I have seen this method break down walls many times. It's one of the first things I work on in the counseling office, particularly with couples. And that's because of the truth of James 1.9. It says, let everyone be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. You know, plan on listening a whole ton and talking a little. We tend to talk lots and listen a little, but that rarely enables us to get the info we need to get the satisfying answers to our questions. So we've covered this much ground. Now, what do we want to talk about? I encourage you to have a list of questions kind of ready to go. I don't know that I have them on a pad in front of your parent, but you want to at least have them in your brain. Um, Although try to avoid questions that are too personal or could result in TMI, (laughs) uh, you know, too much information. Start small and kind of just listen your way to the next step, kind of like the example I shared. Allow the conversation to go in the direction it goes and not where you want it to go. You'll find that things eventually get to where you want to go. The key is listening to understand, because understanding often produces compassion. And understanding and compassion are key pillars that support our bridge to healing. See, these help us focus our awareness on our parents' humanness rather than on the troubling behaviors related to their humanness. Learning their backstory teaches us that they're people just like us. Romans 8, 10, you know, there is no one righteous, not even one. Sometimes it's hard for us to see our parents as people, but they are. Flaws and all, understanding and compassion are pillars that support the bridge toward healing as far as accepting the humanness of our parents. Prayer, seeking God, uh, with all of our heart and soul and strength and might counseling and identifying issues and learning coping skills are pillars that help us to overcome the consequences results craziness of our parents humanness. okay now there's a, another couple of things that are really important that i want to look at considering when we're considering talking to our parents about divorce stuff the first is tmi uh, too much info you'll always be their kid and they your parents at least biologically However, because we're adults, divorced parents often forget this, and they dive into areas that make us uncomfortable at best and nauseous at worst. I mean, particularly those of you who have been dealing with gray divorce. TMI is a huge problem with gray divorce. As such, there are certain topics and or details that are out of bounds. Now, you decide what's on your TMI list, and the topics may change closer to their divorce, your tolerance for uncomfortable topics may be lower than after some time has passed. That's okay. You know, if the conversation goes into an uncomfortable area, simply say, you know, we're drifting into an area that I'm just not comfortable talking about. Let's let's switch to something else. And this is very important because TMI can cause damage and that's the opposite of healing. Now, the second important thing is being aware of when talking doesn't help healing romans 10 verse 15 says be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep the apostle paul is basically encouraging us to empathize with others but paul also wrote if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone that's romans 12 verse 18. the key words here are if it is possible I don't like the words toxic or narcissist, because as a counselor, I often see them used too liberally, just way too often. But there are situations where they apply, where if it is possible, becomes not possible. Some parents are in denial. Others are abusive, either verbally, emotionally, or physically, spiritually. Some are too caught up in their own pain. Others are unwilling to accept responsibility or some are struggling with mental health issues. In these cases, it's not healthy to have conversations about the divorce with them. So be careful. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Talk to a couple people you trust, explain the situation and prayerfully assess if it's even possible to have a healthy conversation. The answer may be no, but for most of us, Using these tools and pressing past our fear or anger can produce such healing. It really can. These tools can work for marriages, too. And parents trying to build communication with their kids, it really is an amazing tool. Hopefully, you can take this and run with it. So, as we wrap up, if you have any questions or comments on this, I always love hearing from you. It's always great. So, please email me at kent at hope4acd.com. That's kent at hope, the number four, acd.com. I also encourage you to check out the just variety of resources we have to help adults with divorced parents. It's on our website, HopeForACD.com. So until next time, let us heed the words of the Apostle Paul. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. This is Kent Darcy. Thanks so much for listening. I look forward to being with you again. This has been the Hope for ACD podcast, which is produced by Adult Children of Divorce Ministries. We'd love to hear from you. Please email any questions or comments to questions at hope4acd.com. That's questions at hope, the number four, acd.com. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, may God bless you with his peace and joy.